That's funny. I could absolutely see how people are, could be scared, though. There is a burnt-up house across the street. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, I always judge a neighborhood by how many houses are occupied. And I was like, there's not as many as I want to be occupied, but I'm actually, like, oh. That's the perfect way to judge. Like, I can't believe Los Angeles has bad neighborhoods. Because, like, when I ride through, it's like, how do you tell? <laughs> how do you, every, every house on this block is occupied and there are no vacant lots. There's palm trees. You guys are five miles from the ocean. What, what the fuck are you shooting each other about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, rent. <laughs> hey, you got to make that rent. California is expensive. But yeah, so far, I have not experienced any bad neighborhoods in most of the places I've been in in America that are worse than the Detroit bad neighborhoods. Like, it's Virginias are laughable. Like, the areas of Virginia that they're scared of where I was down in Virginia Beach area. It's like, what? Well, I know that songs got a lot to do with it because uh, I remember in Cleveland one time, they're like, don't go to this area. Like, it's bad. No one comes back from that area because it was in a Bone Thug song. But, like, it was actually kind of like almost like getting gentrified while they were like, don't go there. Like, oh, we uh, we in the midst of the gentrification wave right now. It's weird being old enough to notice it. So I know it's going to be completely different in fucking 10 years. We got so many more white people than we used to have. Yeah, definitely. Or I mean, like so many more options to get coffee with glass windows everywhere. Like, that seems to be a very important part of gentrification is as much glass is everything you know if you can see everything there can't be crime crime can't happen if there's glass i guess well they are more confident in crime not happening right because there's glass because all the metro pcs has got bulletproof <laughs> uh but the coffee shop i saw recently on the mac and van dyke area is just glass and it was three white people in there i was like that's not where white people hang out. <laughs> this is this is historically not a white people hanging out. They, they coming back with a vengeance. Not Mac and Van Dyke, but a glass coffee house. You you know like oh, that's... <laughs> I can't resist it. Oh, they have to. <laughs> they, just, they just have to be there. They like coffee shops so much. And glass. The, uh, do you want not... a beer? Um, no, thank you though. They're gonna pay me in alcohol tonight, so. I appreciate it though, if I wasn't going to the place that would, you know, I was like, you know, instead of giving me 30 bucks in a tab, why don't you give me $31 and no tab? And you know, I bet they'd be like, no, we only afford $30 and infinite drinks. You know, you can kill yourself drinking, but you know, you can't have an extra dollar if like cash, that's real money. This is fake money. Yeah, well they already pay for that. So it don't mean shit. But it doesn't, it doesn't, because they think about it two ways. Like, it costs us like $10 to give you $170 worth of booze. Mm -hmm. But then also at the end of the day, they're like, God damn it, I could have sold that for $170. So it's like when they give it away, they're like, oh, it only costs us this much. But then when you take it, they're like, we could have made this much. I did a show at a brewery one time, and the dude said our drinks was free, and it was like in the midst of my hardest alcoholism, and I felt bad. And I was just like, uh, let me know when they not free no more. Cause I, <laughs> I understand what you mean, but you don't mean that. Yeah. I mean,
they de like definitely places like two will care a lot about what drink you get when they're like you can have whatever drink you want but they take note of it like oh top oh, oh, we had to actually we could have made a lot of money on that i want the one that makes the alarm go off <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was trying to think tonight, how am I supposed to, like, take advantage of, like, unlimited drinks when I want one drink? That's all I fucking want. Uh, just That's drink five Oberons. I feel like that will more than, like, make it worth it. But I don't even like Oberon. And, you know, oh, like, you don't? I mean, it's, I mean, it's okay, but, like, I don't like wheat beers. Uh, and if it's going to be a wheat beer, it might as well be, like, sweet all the way instead of, like, how are you going to make a wheat beer hoppy? You know, every, like everything's trying to be an IPA. I'm so glad I'm past my IPA phase. They so gross and unnecessary. For the most part, like, 100%, except for, like, I had the stupid, because, uh, like, not trying to drink too much, but enjoying beer. Mm -hmm. It was, like, Founders, the, the all-day IPA, just because it's in cans, and so uh, you can take a lot more places. A lot of places let you drink, but they're like, no fucking glass. How how dare you want it to taste good? <laughs> <laughs> no fucking glass. I f fucking, when I was going to a lot of craft breweries, I used to feel so weird when I would order the beers that came in the beer chalice. And it's like, can I can I please just have my beer in a normal cup? Like I, I understand it's supposed to be for a flavor pro. I, I'm not. Yeah, you're I letting can't bubbles tell. escape. <laughs> I smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. Just give me... <laughs> A normal glass so I don't have to carry this beer chalice in front of people. Yeah. Nope. Now I'm just drinking shitty beer again because I'm over it. Like, knowing beer types. Oh, I, I, what half a license do you have on tap? It's too much. Just yeah. let me get drunk. When I, I got so bad drinking that I started drinking way less, mm -hmm. I started to notice that, like, if I drink something that's like a mass production thing, I can drink just one and get a hangover. It's not the beer making me sick. Oh, no, it's the it's, cheap. It's like, yeah, the, so they got to make preservatives. So to mm -hmm. make it affordable, you have to be able to keep that for months and months and months. So no one complains about, oh, I can't sell your stupid beer. You know, I'm not, you know, how can I charge this price for it? No, I'm not going to get that. But then all those crap like Bells or all that crap, it's, uh, you know, I don't necessarily like all of them, but they don't tend to put preservatives in it. Yeah. And then they will put a little expiration date on it that's soon because without the preservatives, they can't keep it for that long. So it's like, that's why Oberon sometimes, like I will drink it at the beginning of summer just because that's when they come out with it. Mm -hmm. But you'll be in the dead of winter and people are like, buy our Oberon. Oh, because I still got Oberon left? Yeah. Uh -huh. And we're used to like, if you drink a Budweiser that's six months old, you'll never fucking know, right? It's fine. It tastes I've drank a Miller Genuine Draft that was a year and a half old and i thought it tasted fine <laughs> yeah the preservatives aren't good for you but they're good for the taste they keep the taste the same when you drink oberon in the middle of winter it tastes like you're you're drinking a, a weed drink or something it's all skunky and hmm. bad and that little bit of hoppiness is like oh now is that mold or hoppiness i like, never noticed that i thought they were always bringing it in because it's so close Right, or do they, they only brew it? They fucking, only brew it uh, in the summer, so it is super close. But then when they don't sell it, they're not going to like get rid of it. But without the preservatives, it gets kind of crappy. Because yeah, the first thing I noticed that with was vodka. Because all you paying for is the hangover. Like, how much of a hangover do you want? And then fucking that's your price point. Yeah, exactly. Where you can get some really ridiculous, like five o'clock vodka is always a real good deal, but. Seems like you don't have to drink hardly any to get the worst hang. Thank you, worst hangover you ever had in your fucking life. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Sveka is where it's at. I think all vodka tastes like shit, but it gets you drunk and mixes with everything, basically. But Sveka is cheap, and it tastes fine, I think. Well, here's a trick that a, um, like an alcoholic, like, uh, they call them diag rats in Ann Arbor because they hang out in but gutter punks for everywhere mm -hmm. else. When gutter punks go to Ann Arbor, they gravitate towards the diag. So like, you know, because all the students walk across there and they're asking for money or play their shitty djembe drums, right? And, okay. Um, uh, but, you know, sometimes when I was a kid, I would hang out with them because a lot of them were like 40 years old. They'd buy alcohol at the store across the street. And, you know, a lot of them had drugs. So like, when I was like... Just as, as a side note, do you ever feel kind of bad that you never have teenagers ask you to buy them beer? No, because I wouldn't want any part of that at all. I, I hate kids so feel much. like that's I owe them. A that's defense. a responsibility. <laughs> it's, it's a responsibility of because it's not like it's not like I'm gonna do it all the time. But if it's a Saturday in July and somebody looks sixteen, give me your money, kid. Like here, you, here you go. Here you go. Well, on the, on the buying alcohol for kids thing, the last time I thought about it seriously was Jay Hunter, may he in the regular mics rest in peace because he's only going to Canada or whatever stuff he's doing now because he got mad about some of the stuff here. And sometimes, like, like some of it was like, you know, he gets mad at a lot of stuff, but some of it, like, no, he actually has a point. But if you're angry all the time, no one's fucking listening. No one cares. Your actual grievances matter so little at this point. <laughs> yeah. You know, you cried wolf way too many fucking times about, like, they didn't put me because, like, you just started. <laughs> um, but he he was going out to um, before they became a cannabis club the what's its nose um, Rupert's in Kalamazoo mm -hmm. Rupert's has always been really fun even when there's not that many people there and it was after Cave and I was wishing there were more fucking Detroit mics there on Sunday and I was like I don't want to drive to Kalamazoo and then right as I was thinking that, Jay Harris is like, yeah, I'm going to Rupert's after this, so I want to make sure my set's really good. This is like as we're walking out the door, so like, did you like that one or some shit like that? And Bilal's like, he's right there. Bilal's like, hey, I've never been to Rupert's, and I used to go to Western. You know, let's go out there. So me and Bilal and, um, and Jay Hunter rode to Western. And after we did the show, um, Bilal kept talking about like, man, there's going to be these awesome parties there, and let's go there. And we're in the parking lot of the place where like, we need to get some drinks to bring to the party. Um, Lyle's getting really excited and Jay's starting to get suspicious like wait a minute you went you lived here when you know how old are you now like 22 you lived here when you went to Western he's like are we about to go to a college party and he's like hell yeah and Jay Hunter was like absolutely fucking <laughs> not because that's what I was I'm like no <laughs> uh, we're going to a college <laughs> Where is, this, where is this story going? Because what the? I'm like, you and Jay Hunter are both in your 30s, like, and y'all yeah. was. I'm like, y'all was geeked to go to college. Like, I just, I, I don't want to be around college age people for an extended period of time, like in a small trapped area. Well, it's not. It's not like I want to be at a party anyway. But if yeah. it's a, a particular party, I'm not gonna be at. It's a fucking college party. Fuck that. Yeah, it's, uh, I can see, Bilal was 22 at the time yeah. this is happening. No, it right? makes so a complete sense like, that he's like, yeah, let's, let's fucking go. Right, yeah. you know, he's got, he's got the big old afro with a look, like, like, looking like, uh, what's that, Sideshow Bob, yeah. you know. There might and be dudes like, there to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I really think that he was probably, yeah. like, at these college parties when I was going to college, like, me being quiet and weird was awesome, because everyone's loud and stuff, and they're yeah. like, oh, they want to talk to the kid with the big hair, and yada, yada, yada. 
but he's not thinking about the fact that me and Jay Hunter are both 35 years old. Well, I think Jay might even be older. I'm not sure. You uh, know? I think he's closer to 40. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like, you know, we could like the, the like we realize this because we're going to the store and there's tons of kids in the parking lot. There's way more kids in the parking lot than there's people in the store. He's mm-hmm. like, this is the store where, uh, where you go to get older people to buy you alcohol. And so, like, we literally, I was I was almost like, you know, no one pays us for this fucking open mic. Do you want some gas money or not, Jake? Because I'm about to get us tons of gas money. And, you know, we don't have to go to the party. But he was like, oh, no, absolutely not. I'm like, I get it. I get it. Um, and really, most times I'd be like, absolutely not. But, you know, it wasn't my car. <laughs> and, two, he had all his, uh, like, Navy veteran, of you know, whatever on his car. And he's like, this makes me invincible. And we were going 100 miles an hour the whole fucking way. So I'm like, okay. You know, first I'm like, I don't know, I've, you know, been pulled over when a vet was driving with all the plates and everything. And they're, you know, the, you know, if anything, that's got a reputation for drinking and cops are out here looking for people drinking. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if that really works. I you never know. had a problem on 94 riding out to Western. Nope, neither did he. You went, but I, yeah. got, I got run off the freeway one time, but never a problem with the police. Yeah, the way the way he was talking about having, you know, it's like he, I think even the car he had, it was somebody like because he was like Navy and he had like Army stuff on there too. And I was like, oh, you know, because I think he went to the Navy and then left and came back or something. I was like, oh, didn't switch around? Did you have to like you know work with some Army guys or something? He's like, no, that was just on the car, but it helps you know like reduce the rate of getting pulled over. But yeah, that's uh, I definitely can't be buying alcohol for kids. I look too much like someone who would do that, you know? <laughs> you can't be white looking old, you know, even though I'm 35, having the bald spot, you know, people are tall enough where I sit down ever and I look old enough where it's just like, you can't be hanging around anyone that looks like they might have known a young person. I'm not hanging around them. I'm pat- like I'm walking <laughs> past and they asking me to do a service. Right. But yeah, the, the, the Diag Rat, they, they drank all the cheap stuff. And so they bought me the alcohol and they're like, you know, this five o'clock stuff is nasty. You're like, but if you have time, what you do is you take coffee filters, pour it through the coffee filters, pour in another thing, do it again. And that's how you make Grey Goose. It says you cannot tell the difference between Grey Goose and five. I'm like, and coffee filtered five o'clock vodka. Good God. I'm so glad I <laughs> don't drink that much that I figured out how to make five o'clock vodka taste better. <laughs> <laughs> A fucking sex tuple distilled five o'clock vodka tastes just like Grey Goose. I mean, I believe it though because I 100% believe it. The whole thing about like, oh, scotch is a big deal. And I was never that into scotch, but I drank a bunch of Irish whiskey before. And I'm like, how come just like the low level Jameson tastes better than the 50 year scotch? And it's because they triple filter everything. All the Irish whiskey is triple filtered. And that's yeah. why I probably get less hangovers. It's not because it's some fancy whiskey, but they just filter it out so much. I'm like, oh, that's mostly just alcohol and corn flavor. I think most whiskey tastes bad, but I feel like I'm supposed to drink it. Like choosing to shoot something. I I think Jameson has been the choice. If you just made a pie of all the things I chose to shoot more often than everything else. Do, do you know about the, um, the troubles in Ireland? Like the IRA? Yes, exactly like the IRA. So, like, all throughout the 90s, basically, Mm -hmm. or, like, the late 80s, um, the sectarian violence between the North and South was kind of like a Protestant Catholic thing Mm -hmm. because uh, the Protestants, you know, were Church of England. So they were literally representing imperialism. And the Catholics don't play that shit. Right. And so, I mean, it was was horrible. There was all this shit going on. But 
just having uh, my family, all uh, all my family's Irish, mm-hmm. and they're all Irish Catholic. Whenever something comes up where it's like I, like North Ireland or Protestant Ireland or Black Irish, which isn't black people. I, I know I'm, that. I know that you know that, but I'm like, God forbid someone <laughs> listens to this shit. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's I, like, I, yeah, John Campbell hates black Irish and hopes people get shot on the east good. side. You fucking niggers. <laughs> Could you record that again and not sound so white? Because people are going to think they can't see that it's there's not I don't a give a fuck what I don't give a fuck what people think. No, I'm sure. <laughs> Like said, uh, uh, people care so hard about their podcasts and different stuff. I'm like, I don't know anyone who listens to their own podcasts. I definitely don't want to listen to other people's podcasts. Like, I want to like do it so I'm not like, oh, 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 you didn't hear that story. Why didn't you hear that story? And then you know, or like coming up like way too hot on it. But I just feel like there's so much shit to care about, and the word nigger is so far down the list it's just so incredibly far down the list my organs don't work that great so i'm literally gonna sit here like they said that word (laughs) fuck out of here i mean i think it makes sense to not personally care about it so much but it sure seems useful to get a feel on like if like definitely white people will say up and down the same thing when they want to use that word it's just a word it's not that big of a deal no not all white people because some white people just use it it literally, it literally depends on the person right. because there is a white dude who grew up fucking on the east side of Detroit because his family was poor. He had to go to Detroit public schools and he will casually say nigger, not right. nigger. He'll say nigger, but right. Yeah. And there's white fucking people who grew up in the black neighborhood and joined the black gang and fucking hung out with the black gang in prison. And they say nigger. Right. And do you is anybody on this whole fucking planet gonna tell me in private with his boys Eminem does not say nigga I refuse to fucking believe that fucking refuse I could see Eminem doing it but like I don't know you know how like once you get to the end of a story the story's fucking over the magic's gone right and like so it's the the whole build up is like the best part of any story Mm -hmm. you're building to the fucking climax I think that a lot of times if I spend too much time with a group of all black people where I'm the token white guy and I'm just there all the time. Like, I mean, it doesn't take any time before people start um, calling me the N-word. And that, you know, like, and that makes sense, whatever. But then after a while, when someone will do it, they'll catch themselves after they've been doing it for a while. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's so silly of me to call you that. You know, that doesn't even apply. Um, And people start to get to talking. And a lot of, more times it applies than to I everyone. Would think I, would happen. Yeah, I would I think that this would not be a call thing everyone, ever happen, nigga. But like that, they'll be like, "You should say it. You're always hanging around. You know, we didn't, we don't think of you as any, you know." And like, and I've never taken the bait because I always hear like almost every possible argument to say it from in theory someone who's got more authority on who the fuck should be saying it than me and none of the arguments for saying it like i can see not caring about it if someone else said oh no there's it. But uh, always gonna be, be be people who care i just think people should say it so we get fewer people who care because eventually you're just gonna desensitize people uh and it's does not have the power that people believe that it does because the only time i've been called uh nigga in anger by a white person it was on facebook by a heroin addict and like what do i am i gonna fight a heroin addict for calling me nigga oh yeah like and it's like i'm gonna be out here fighting heroin addicts oh so okay so it don't mean shit it can't be that powerful and fucking 
even with me being black, the Navy still let me fucking work on nuclear reactors. So I don't fuck like, okay. Right. <laughs> like it's, 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 it's the stupidest. Yes. It has a history. Everything has a history. Fucking guns assassinated people, but I still like my guns and I'm going to own them. Right. I mean, like, I mean, my whole thing for me personally is I don't care to say it and I don't care oh, to, yeah, you don't have dictate to dictate who says it. But I will tell white people when they say it and they're sounding stupid. I'm like, you're that sounded stupid. And why do you even care to say it? You know, and then uh, usually it gets into like usually there's some other reason. And I don't know. It's like you're weird. I'm not going to act like I don't get uncomfortable, but I have to stifle my telling people to stop because their shit. I say that makes people uncomfortable. And when people tell me to stop, I tell them to suck my dick. And it's that's the whole thing about being fucking uh, free speech absolutist. You get to say it. Right, right. Uh, it won't make everybody fucking feel great, but nobody should fucking attack you physically for it. I mean, I've never stopped white people from saying it, even if I'm like, oh, it seems stupid. I'll tell them why it seems stupid. But yeah, at the end of the day, they can fucking say it. I'm not going to help anyone if they get in trouble saying it because I've warned the shit out of them. But like the thing about taking the power away from it, I think that's good and right. Like black people use it all the time. Not everybody, but a lot of people, the people who use it make up for the people who don't make up for it. And then some where it's just like I, a, I was hanging out uh, with these people when I was in the Navy and it was uh, my boy Boris, who I was on the ship with this super white dude from California fucking love trying to say it. And uh, there was this other black guy from another ship and he was like you need to get your boy and i was just like if you have a problem you say something how dare you fucking walk i yelled at this dude so how dare you fucking walk up to me and tell me who i need to police well yeah <laughs> you also, fucking, i was so fucking mad like if you have a problem you tell him i hate people excusing white people's weird behavior and being like oh if you say anything it's reverse racism but like maybe just reverse racism. racism is like, how come you got to deal with that? Just because you're black, that means you have to be policing what every white person says if it relates well, no, to blackness. Mm. That's why he said. And right, I guess, but still, like, if you know. But if you have, if you have a problem, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it was like he was doing me the current look. I'm gonna have to check your white boy. So <laughs> I wanted to bring it to you first. Like I'm the shot caller. Like, oh, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to infringe on your white territory. So right. I just needed to let you <laughs> no, motherfucker. If you have a problem, you say something. What do you think about when black people go and try and give white people passes? There was a guy at New Way who wouldn't shut the fuck up about how me and Polly needed to say it. And it's like, no, I mean, not that we needed to say it, but that it needed to be. And then we, and he got into spellings and stuff. And I really wanted so bad because it was. He kept on going the hard R, the hard R, and I really I didn't want to keep talking about it because it'd been an hour straight. But I almost wanted to be like, what about like if you start with the K N, right? What about a hard C in the middle? Like what you know? There's Nicka? all types of <laughs> <Nicka>? <laughs> What about a U instead of an I? I like the U, the K N, the hard yeah. C in the middle. I'm like, what is it like? Is that always okay? Because I'm like, you know, because he was like, oh, it's you can use it in anger. I'm like, you can say that in anger. In fact, it's hard to sound calm and collected if you spell it K K K N U. That's not gonna, you know, that's not the friendly version. Because he's like, oh, you know, sometimes I get mad at black people for saying it, you know, because they say it in a mean way. Like, well, I just get mad when people say things that are in anger because I can not cuss at all and say the most horrible things, the most vicious and horrible without using a single cuss word 
the most embarrassing thing that I do at work is that I, like if people are really being awful, I will lose it on them. But I've never raised my voice to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's what that's what people don't get. Like I don't have look, I don't have to fucking yell or cuss to just be incredibly vicious. Well, like uh, I think. Uh, not Al Pacino, uh, Rob De Niro said about acting, right? Everybody, when they're acting and they start out and they suck, what they want to do is they they overact everything. So they're like, this character is angry. Brows down, I'm fucking angry. But in real life, your emotions, even though they dictate everything, you spend a bunch of conscious emotion and thought trying to disguise what your actual fucking emotions are. So if I go, oh, you motherfucker, I'm tired of you being a piece of shit. That's not that scary because that's, you know, like if I was that angry, why would I be okay with letting it out? If I was going to do something, why would I broadcast what I was going to do? But when I go up right up to someone, I can be an inch from their nose. But if I never raise my voice and I say, I'm trying not to lose my shit on you, but I really appreciate it. You didn't do that anymore. Not a single mean word in there. But if someone comes up to me and says that, I'll stop. If someone's like, rah, rah, I might argue him for a while because I'm like, you're clearly upset. You don't know what's going on. The second guy whispers, yeah, he's upset too, but he's probably had, like, it looks like he's been down this road before. So I don't have to pretend to do anything. Me just trying to not get fired is twice as scary as anything I could yell. Even if I'm like, oh, torture your balls with a, you know, none of the actual threats really carry as much weight as trying not to threaten someone. But when it's obvious that the I didn't come up to an inch from your nose to say, hey, good job over there. Yeah, I think in retail, I'm lucky that I look furious all the time because it's a natural de-escalator. Because just physically, I look dangerous to most of the people I'm going to encounter on the day. Like if you're over 40 or a woman, like it's just like, ah, do I want to take the chance? But and it's it's great for people who have bad attitudes because all I'm doing is saying yes. Ma'am, 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 I'm telling you the answer right now if you just stop talking. Ma'am, I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, yes, I said I said it. I, yes, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, retail's crazy because that gives you a lot of experience when someone's obviously a dick. They're 100% wrong, but you have to go and tell them they're right and trick them into being the correct oh, I, thing. I, I refuse to do that. I tell people they're wrong all the time. I've had jobs where it's like not an option at all to do anything but deviate to them. But you can be cruel, you know, yeah. and, and to the oh, point no. where they're like, I want to speak to your manager. I'm like, and then, you know, you can bully them some more and be like, why? Like, these are the things I've said. I work I'm at a hardware, you to, I work like, at a hardware store. Like, I could be risking people's lives if I don't tell them that they're, oh, no, that might blow up. <laughs> yeah, you got low. Oh, no, I got to I got to be firm with some people like this is a wrench. <laughs> You go. You you need to make sure this is tight because you don't want to flood your whole house out. Yeah, so maybe I, that's just the leeway I get. And I that's so weird about jobs, and I wish I could make. I've been trying to figure out how to make this a joke forever. Just what? So not every type of retail job appeals to every type of person. Like I'm not ever gonna walk into a mall at my age and be like, oh, I wonder what job I can get here in this mall. It just won't ever happen. I'm never going to get a job at a Victoria's Secret. Just. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, even no, if, I, if I apply, like if I walked in, I was like, hey, are you guys hiring? <laughs> I don't see a scenario where security's not. I, like, really? Like, I can't I can't even ask Victoria's Secret if they're hired. Can you imagine? I wonder, I wonder if they got an online application because I want to walk into a Victoria's Secret 
job interview looking like me. I think you got to go to Foot Locker first and make a purchase of the best running shoes that you have. You know, someone's got a, a, a cat pistol that they're ready to go so that you, you know, right when you tell them, I'd like to apply for a job, it'll remind you, you don't have any time because security is on there. Like you could potentially make it out before security got to you. Security's involved, guaranteed, if that happens. But yeah, certain types of people though, just like, hmm, let me think of a person. Pauly Peppertone. Like if I walked into a Pet Boys and he was behind the counter, I'd be like, oh, that guy belongs there. He just looks like the guy, looks like the type. But if I walked into a fucking Pet Boys and I saw Genevieve, I'm, is See, she really be, supposed to be here? I would be okay with Genevieve because, like, if Genevieve is wearing her hair out and is wearing the right clothes, she looks militant enough where you're like, who, you know, yeah, yeah she's, <laughs> she might have she's a single mother hair, with kids to feed. But, you know, like, it's, you know, she's just being woke, you know, like doesn't mean that you're more likely to have a sexual awakening, but that sure increases the amount of people like that you're going to be around. And if it was there and it was going to be stifled by some type of conservative Christian, whatever, you know, this is how we behave in society. Then uh, when is the last time conservative Christians stifled anything? I feel like we're a decade past conservative Christians doing the stifling. Maybe not in more than a decade. It's all like super, super like, sensitive uh, leftist. But then usually I think nowadays the type of stuff they can do and just how stuff works in general is what you say doesn't do anything. What you spend is how you talk. And now with all the rules, it's a lot easier to spend secretly. Yep. But I mean, that's what people, people, not enough people have realized that because I don't know what's going on in Disney's corporate offices, but it seems like every decision they are making as far as producing entertainment is just like, this does not appeal to people who spend money. And I feel like we have a provable track record because everything that has been made for the super woke audience has almost bombed. It's not everything, but the percentage of things that have flopped compared to things that haven't is fucking way higher. Like, yeah, Captain Marvel made a billion dollars, but Ghostbusters fucking was dead on arrival. And Men in Black International, a movie that I can't believe exists. And just looked like, I don't know who had that idea and was like, was watching it and was like, okay. I feel like we're so obsessed with nostalgia right now that no matter how it is you define yourself as like a niche type of thing. Like, cause when you're hanging out with your friends, you get all the reference points and it's way easier making jokes to your friends than even the best comic making on stage. Hanging out with your friends is hilarious cause there's no setup. Life is the setup. You've had to live the setup together. Everyone gets right to punch. I've laughed harder in the back of new way than I ever have watching anyone on stage in new way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not even remotely close. Yeah. When you have the setup that takes years <laughs> and you're not thinking as a setup the whole time, Way different. A guy's 35 second setup when you're expecting him to do the jokey thing kind of pisses you off. But you know, you got to go through those years whether there's a joke at the end or not. So when you're hanging out with your friends, it's just the payoff, 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 payoff. Your whole life going to work, that was all the setup that you had to suffer through. So that's why it's like stuff that, and because we can, you know, get uh, stuff out to people directly easier than we could in the past, mm -hmm. with all these individualized channels, it's like makes sense to kind of do the most niche thing that you can do. But 
because the way everyone defines himself is so much based around media consumption, more or less, and nostalgia for the different media that they consumed at a different time, or wish they would have consumed if they were back in that time, yep. that you can be really niche and find the things that everyone think is unique to them. But it, like the Barnum statements of like, or at least I always think of like in terms of referential humor, where if you just find the thing that was popular enough, it becomes pop culture. It's part of the general thing. But since it was a pop culture thing, people are like, oh, I chose to like this, you know, like I chose to like the Beatles because I thought the Rolling Stones were too dirty, right? Like, but that you, you didn't, you know, there was a million cleaner bands. It was just, you had to pick one of these two people. Yeah, you made the same choice that a million other people made. Right. No, I. that's the best art because yes, I want things to be, fucking good and fucking well thought out and blah 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 but i also want to be able to talk about it with people because to me half the fun of entertainment is arguing about what i think is good with other people who've seen the same things as me yeah and that's a huge thing for people when they're going and they're forming their identities almost exclusively based off the things that they consume and the media, which is like, it is art and someone made it and they didn't necessarily make it to make money. But by the time you got it, it was probably a big corporate thing. There's probably a gazillion other people who made that same exact decision. Mm -hmm. But on certain things, if it feels like it was a underground thing or if it wasn't popular back in the day, but then you, you know, like you might not have even liked it back in the day, but that you'll say, oh, this is a thing that makes me unique. You know, like it wasn't popular to think Che Guevara was a cool guy when we were out hunting commies. Fuck no. No one would think that in a million Fuck years. Fuck no. But way after he's died, and you can get the license for it, and, you know, then people are, you know, getting upset with the type of government we have because they thought, oh, you know, we got all this opportunity. Yeah. And as soon as the economy isn't exponentially growing infinitely faster all the time, then they're like, oh, well, this isn't fair. Uh, you know, like, they, they were right. The capitalism's a joke, you know, until they get the next paycheck. And they're like, these third world communist countries... But it's so funny because then that is one of the biggest examples of capitalism I remember as a kid is why is Che, because like, I like. Why is Che Guevara's face being sold on I'm, everything, I'm on junky so stuff. stuff? It's all made in China in like horrible conditions thanks <laughs> to so like Mexico stuff. thanks to NAFTA. It's like, you, you know, they cut off his hands in theory. So that's the only reason he's not turning over in his grave is the stumps are a little sore from getting the hands <laughs> chopped off for trophies. But, fucking christ yeah how is you know like because as a kid especially you're always more idealistic as a kid and i lean super fucking hard to the left right now but as a kid holy christ oh after, my god after i realized anarchy in its purest form would never be sustainable i was like okay well then we can't have no rules we'll make let's have rules that make shit fair so it's not so fucked up and so i was like okay here's this guy in this fucked up place going around doing like pretending to be a doctor and shit that was most of what he was doing, pretending to be a fucking doctor as he's going around traveling on a motorcycle, you know, just being the ultimate rich kid, spoiled brat, fucking maids when he was a kid. Just a real, like, in theory, piece of shit. And then while he's doing that and seeing what's actually going on, it's like, oh, these people that I plan on tricking or whatever, these are my fucking people. Even though I've got money, it's like I'm in the same predicament as them because it's not, I mean, we didn't have money after he's like tried to tell his family to fuck off and he wasn't going to be a doctor he's just going to pretend to be one on a fucking motorcycle but you know so he he turned around from like full-on extravagance to full-on all oh, the people it's all about the people the workers will unite and then after he dies chain of our killed so many of the people like, yeah but <laughs> he killed so many like 
every single gay person with a Che Guevara shirt on is like, uh, you know, he oh, yeah. would have slit your throat and watched you bleed, and he would have went and ate with his family after. Hmm, had a good, <laughs> had a good day at work. Well, yeah, like after I got older and too, I understood about how basically shit like that was gonna happen, even if it didn't happen with him, even if he was totally successful and was actually a good guy, because he did it through violence. Even if he only killed the exact right people. He mm-hmm. said, this is a money problem, here's the richest people, I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna track them down, get their schedule, one round in the head of each super rich person. It Wouldn't it be nice that if was- that was the actual fix? Oh, if we just kill the rich people, but what we don't realize is there are so many rich people who design things or fucking run things in a particular way that made them rich so then we lose that when we murder that person see i think it's the opposite problem is that we don't lose nothing when we murder them because someone's ready to go up right in are they though in their place because if that was the case i feel like companies would continue to be successful after the main driving force and thinkers died but without there's so many companies who would have failed without intervention because they lost the minds that were making them productive. Right, but to me, that's more a symptom of the way we do boards. It's mm-hmm. all about the fucking board. And so someone could come up with this company with you know limited amount of venture capital, mm-hmm. and then they go, company gets big, it becomes public, and as it's getting traded and stuff, all these people who invested in the company, more than the company, they're investing in this genius person who mm-hmm. came up with the original idea. And as long as they're alive, the shareholders aren't forced to, but they feel stupid not respecting the wishes and uh, and plans of the person who created the whole thing. Was This is the smart person that they're going to profit off. So as long as they are there, they're going to listen to them. But then when the next CEO comes in, now it's like, well, you better impress us. You bet we want to see our things jump. Mm-hmm. And so they'll do, they'll, and that's what they want to do. But when they give them the ideas for it, if they don't like the idea, they're like, well, that seems like a slow way to go about things. And I, you know, I know that if, we're spending this much money. Why don't you just fire half the people? And if it was Bill Gates, right, at the helm, mm-hmm. they'd be, they would never say fire half the people. But when it's some other guy who worked with a guy who knew Bill Gates and they say fire half the people, he's thinking, well, I know this is a bad idea. I know it's going to screw the company. But if I say right now, no, we're not firing the people, they're going to fire me and get a guy who will. The people are getting fired one way or another. I might as well collect my stuff, keep making this. Huge yeah. So you're saying different people make different decisions. So it's important which person is in the position. <laughs> yeah. Like yes. But no, I think it's for a different reason. Like that, it's not because they like the like literally Bill Gates could put on a skin suit of another mm-hmm. guy and his ideas would get shot down, not because they. But him smart being ideas. Bill Gates makes so the person is important right because if i walked if bill me and bill gates transfer brains everything works perfectly right and he walks into fucking microsoft even though he don't run microsoft anymore but i still feel like he has input yeah absolutely because the name is so yeah, much more and, important and yes than the and he had to work a lifetime to build that right the thing is i feel like people in general are too quick to assume that the people with the most money are people who've come up with ideas like that. Oh no, that's not what I said. Okay, because like, that's not what I said. Cause, I said because uh, every uh, fucking plenty of rich people have left the Whartons. Yeah, he, he Sam Wharton made a behemoth. He left all that money to fucking make all his all his children are billionaires because they could split up all his money and they still be billionaires. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But uh, the thing is. 
the people who build like the fortune builders a lot of those people and even fucking somebody who worked from nothing to a millionaire like the the person generating the ideas a lot of people work for that money it's not everybody of course it's not right I mean, I could see that I would feel that if it was more of a meritocracy going into who got the money, absolutely it would be a huge mistake to kill whoever's got the money because they would have it for a reason. But like, I feel like ever since we got like supercomputers, basically, and so we could look at numbers in a whole different way, it all became about the quarterly reports. Holy shit. People are running things a different way where if you make money now, it's not necessarily because you had the best idea. You might have just been the most ruthless Mm -hmm. and you might have just appealed to shareholders. But that's always been a thing because victory by the sword was always a thing. Like muscling your way into more wealth has always been a thing. The great thing about if it ran the way it was supposed to, the system we have is if you fail, your fucking shit goes back into the pool. And somebody else can use it. Right. Because I feel bad if GM went out of business like it was supposed to, that a bunch of people would lose their job. But we also live in a place where almost nobody starves to death. In a country of a third of a billion people, less than fucking 200,000 people starve, are starving. Not even starved to death. Just are actually starving. We have fat fucking poor people. Uh, like really poor people too. I will ride through the east side and I'm going to show you a shit. Like, how are you this poor and that fat? I don't know. Like, it it works that way. But interference is what makes it. The Yes, there were fucking huge companies that were going to shut down if they fucking let them fail during 2008. But that's the whole point of capitalism. You made bad decisions. But it's not like all the infrastructure they built just goes away. They have all those people who have all that knowledge. They have all the fucking built up resources, the buildings and the fucking computers and all these information transfer systems. They all built that they got to sell. So now somebody else who couldn't before enter because they couldn't afford it can buy something for way cheaper because now you got to sell. And that was that's the beauty of the it all goes back into the it well at least it's supposed to. Right. Yeah. That would, I think, be a big improvement yep. over the system we have where we wouldn't have to make a lot of other changes if you see actual results and like, the quality of people's lives. And the but no, even the, the, the quality of people's lives, this is going to be my example until I die. At my age, my grandfather could not shit in a house. Right. But, I mean, we're and paying that, dearly for that in terms of it costs a lot of money to go and treat that. And then the toilet paper gets mixed in there. They got they call them fatbergs, where it's an iceberg-sized thing of mm-hmm. shit and toilet paper they got to clean out of the and know. now we got the technology to do it yeah but i mean it's still like we're do, we're bad at handling the stuff that we have yeah we wanna but we, we we constantly get better because before aqueducts people just died because it was too many of them close together shitting in the same place yeah right. it's it, we we can't be perfect from the outset oh shit we got this huge problem with this thing we made to wipe our ass on our inside toilets oh you guys want an inside toilet yeah we Look, we've been doing this, what, inside toilets for, as a whole nation, 50 years? Yeah. Yeah, we still, it's still stuff to figure out. I mean, uh, my ex-girlfriend, her dad didn't have electricity until sometime in the 70s. My dad remembers getting electricity. So I'm one generation away from that. He remember. oh, we got (laughs) electricity now, yeah. I remember getting a Nintendo. Oh, sweet, we got a fucking Nintendo. 
he remembers getting electricity. Just that huge jump in one generation. Right, right. And I'm black. Right, no, and that's definitely, you know, it's like, I'm happy for the people who are able to get better than they would have gotten for that. And that's a wonderful thing. But there's definitely a lot of, from that, like, faith, I think, that gets spread onto the whole system because... I mean, if that's actually, if people are actually getting more of what, you know, than they would get every single day and it's increasing, then that's fine. I don't think that in my head, that's the way the trends are actually going, but that if that is, you know, if it is actually getting better, then it's fine to deal with, uh, you know, all the issues that we got with it now and all the people falling through the cracks, but This this is how comfortable we as a society have gotten on the real news i see fucking journalists arguing for eight-year-olds being able to change their gender because it's basically human rights abuse if we don't allow eight-year-olds to change their gender and if that's the thing that you have to argue about in the this is the news for all of this is the shit we need to know you can't have that many real problems. The gay stuff is different, though, because they have a very unique position and mm-hmm. they had a very smart strategy where they are making leaps and bounds in how they've been treated, or at least in the discourse. It wasn't even a discourse on how you treat gay people no. for hundreds of years. It was just, you know, like, it's an well, no, that's not. Well, well, was it because. There were definitely. If you go back old enough, it's not an abomination at all, and it's just accepted. And depending on where you are, and definitely in different regions. Yeah. You know, even uh, today, that it's like uh, there's this like some remote village where they honestly believe that every time you bust a load, you lose some of your life force. But if you go and you're gay and you're hooking up with dudes, you're just trading loads. So if you keep sucking each other off, you can bust loads but not lose your power. I mean, you got some uh, somebody else's life force, but then you trade it back to him. You know, you, you flip around <laughs> <to> 69. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like there and not that's I don't think that's a very common reason for people to be that. That was the funniest one I could think of in the most extreme versions. But they're definitely still. You know, it's not because they had a gay rights thing, but it's just like, yeah, gay stuff is a big part of their thing because they think it's important yeah. to them. Samurai's ass fucked. Uh, the Spartans ass fucked. Bunches of sailors ass fucked. And, well, and samurais are, I think, like a funny example of like, I, I'm big into uh, platonic dialogues. I don't like a lot of philosophy, mm-hmm. but Plato. So the shit, the stories about Socrates, right? And Socrates had a big thing. Uh, and the Republic is the one where it's most most of the time his big thing is I don't know shit. His and thing wasn't that big. He was just fucking little boys. No, he was definitely <laughs> fucking kids. And they talk about it in these books, right? Well, if he was real, it's debated whether or not he's a collection of people. And Plato yeah. just knew the dialogues were a better way to process this type of thing. Uh-huh. And he needed a main character. And there was just a bunch of dudes fucking little boys. <laughs> yeah, so it's like. Well, there he, were a bunch of wants, dudes fucking little boys. He wants to make it realistic. And then, too, all the people that he talked to, which some of them are verified real people, he'll talk about, like, which type of little boys they like to fuck. And they're like, oh, Socrates likes some blonde. Or, you know, I, I forget the specifics. Do you know who Stephen Molyneux is? No. He's this uh, fucking right-wing philosopher. Uh, but I hope this shit is true so bad. So when Sigmund Freud developed the Oedipus Complex, right. what happened was whenever he would investigate 
or be interviewing a fucking crazy person, and he would find out that they got molested or they were getting fucked as a kid. But when he brought his findings to people, it's like you you can't tell people this. <laughs> you 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 can't. <laughs> you there's this uh we we fucking these kids so you can't just be like hey guys everybody's fucking crazy because they get fucked as children so maybe you shouldn't do that so what he the oedipus complex developed because it was like ah people are going crazy because they think they want to fuck their parents but it was people who actually had had to fuck their parents and i hope that shit is true so bad that it's all a lie to hide that fucking child molestation was happening because a bunch of child molestation that sounds legit. In the 1800s, the age of consent in parts of America was 10. We we not that far from actual child fucking being illegal. Why the fuck as a 30-year-old would you fuck a 10-year-old? That's gross. That's fucking gross. Yeah. No, I mean, like, not to say that, oh, it's okay to fuck a kid when they look grown. But, like, nowadays, right, we got, like, 14, 15, 16-year-olds running around with the proportions of a fully grown woman. Like, just, like, I don't know if it's hormones or what, but, like, when I was a kid, my classmates weren't thick like that, you know? They, like, they they had titties, but they had them later when they were all, you know, like... There were some big titties. Yeah, I saw this girl within the last month who I thought was a very developed 15-year-old. I was just like, that girl's titties are too big for how old she is. And then I found out she was a 12-year-old. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) I was like... It seems to be happening earlier and earlier. But I mean, like, honestly, well, not having a father makes you hit puberty earlier. So it makes sense. Maybe. But no matter why they're. No, it's not. That's that's actually true. Girl, uh, girls who don't have a father in a house uh, enter puberty earlier. That's that's just science. I guess that makes sense, you know, but like, you know, in like an old and back way or whatever, you know, but like the thing is, though, with all these. Oh, no, not like that's literally a thing now. Yeah, no, 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 but like for what, like why it happened would have been biologically wired. Oh yeah, though, my guess yeah. is from a long time ago when it was more, you know, like about propagating the species. Because you gotta find your own resources. Yeah. And if you are not fucking as a girl in the past, then you probably are having a real difficult time getting resources. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Like the the whole a lot of the gender construct, you know, supposedly happened from a long time ago. When then it was like, oh, because, you know, the women are having the kids, they shouldn't be working as much. And as a result, it's like, we, you know, they, they can't. get shit for it. They're not as durable in a work setting. And a eight months pregnant woman probably isn't getting as much work done as just a man who is not pregnant at all. Yeah, but I mean, like, also when, you know, it's like biological stuff from way back in the day, mm-hmm. right? We It was more important that we propagated the species. So even if a woman could do the work right, that's crazy to have a fucking woman do the work. If it's well, no, that's thing. just her work. Her part of the work is making sure we have more people. Right. I mean, but that's like there's other um, animals and stuff where even though the woman has the kid, her work is more the dangerous shit. And it's the guy's work to, you know, not do stuff or not. do You know. Yeah. Well, no, uh, it all depends on the animal. Like hyenas have to be bigger, the females, because the men eat the babies. Is just a necessity of their species. Right, to fight them off. Yeah, well, and then male lions fucking don't hunt. Well, first off, because they just aren't as agile. and yeah, they But they also it. have to protect the territory because if the male lion isn't there protecting the territory, another male lion's going to come in and be like, oh, I need to make my own kids, so let's eat all of the current kids that we have. Right, right. 
but yeah, like still, um, even today though, a 10 year old does, you, you can't say you're getting tricked at 10 years old. And I mean, it, yeah, even if someone though was physically able to trick you, it's still kind of gross. Cause like when you're actually talking to him, like, good God, like they're talking about, they gotta be, you know, like they can't, they, they gotta leave in the morning cause they gotta go to math class. Like, fuck, that's not, yeah. I mean, but still like, uh, back then it was totally normal. They were doing it. Socrates had kids it was boys really not girls yeah boys but socrates was, you know having young boys but he in the republic instead of most of his philosophy was i don't know anything like i can poke holes in whatever the fuck you say but it's only you know i'm not saying you're a dumbass but i've tried to come up with my own thoughts and i poked holes in all of them i haven't had a great thought ever but honestly neither of you fuckers have you know go and poke holes and stuff mm -hmm. but in the way they set up the time of dogs is dialogues they're all leading up to the republic where he goes it's during his trial, more or less, where they're about to kill him. And he's like, okay, well, you guys are mad that I don't ever have any ideas. Here's some fucking ideas, all right? No one studies morality, and that's why we don't know much about morality. A lot of the dialogues, he talks to people who are expert in one thing or another, mm -hmm. and then they try and tell him about philosophy or math and morality or some shit that they have no fucking business talking about. But when it comes to their thing, they're legit good. They'll lay bricks with the best of them and make a genius sculpture out of bricks that he couldn't ever make a poem that was that good. Yep. The but, problem with experts is that they think their expertise gives them knowledge in fucking other fields. And I don't know if Thomas Sowell said that first or he got that from somebody else. But yeah. I, I mean, it's, Soc that was a huge yep. line through Socrates. So. You know, the idea was there for as long as we've had. It was probably predated. As Socrates. long as ideas existed. Yeah, but we, you know, we didn't like if they wrote yeah. it down. We didn't save a piece of paper, so we don't know that they were saying that. But they're probably saying some similar. You shit. don't ask the hunter how to build a house. Right, and but he's thinking that oh well, so many questions about morality. Why don't we have people who are dedicated to studying morality? But in his opinion, the people who should be dedicated to studying morality are like a ruler class of what he calls philosopher kings. And so, and when he's laying out what their education would be, he'd be like, well, this is really important. If they're going to train us in how to be, we need to educate them correctly. And his idea of education involved tons of gymnastics, which was like everything, fighting, mm -hmm. um, horseback, anything that was physical, all physical stuff was gymnastics and arts and math, basically was how they divided. But it's like you teach them this all around thing and they become everything. And then they're also the ones who are kind of in charge. Just kind of by accident, though, in feudal Japan, these samurais were all extensively trained in gymnastics and then would just follow the regular school curriculum. They had an extensive art training as well, where some of the most beautiful Japanese poems were written by, like, the samurais. Badass, <laughs> the most badass killers. Right. Yeah. So these guys, in theory, were almost, though it was from a different tradition, following what this guy prescribed and said we'd never be able to do, and they were still kind of dicks. You know, they would... They operated as mini lords under the lord and were kind of, you know, like a gunslinger, yep. you know, would extort people around town. Even though they had all this thing, they're making beautiful paintings, they still would act like dicks outside of their area of expertise and not know shit because they were so good at painting and killing people with a sword. I know everything because I am the best at killing. <laughs> But yeah. then you know you might legitimately think that when after you killed someone a bunch you know different mm -hmm. ways and all these guys that you're killing are mostly just and brutes. then you got people who listen to you but then you it's fucking sixteen year olds fucking who want to fuck you yeah you, you get I see how you get cocky yeah but it's it's so crazy to me that we had that thing and like that's not the fucking answer is some ruler class of people because too in my head morality is based on the culture that you're in 
Like if one hundred percent, if we start really turning like global warming supposed to be to a post-industrial wasteland, and people are you know want to pollute or whatever, it's going to start to be not moral to pollute mm-hmm. because they're like okay, it, like for our culture, not polluting means we all live. It benefits the whole culture if you know how to recycle shit, but. You know, back then in the time biblical times, the reason the Bible says very little about yeah, we're Lord over the plants and animals, but it's like don't over harvest or don't like people didn't have the technology to over to over harvest. You know, if you it just wasn't a thing. Yeah, I mean the the agriculture at that time was just like mostly so they could make beer that they found on accident, and they're like, oh well, this is a great thing. It's hard to get enough of this, but maybe we can do there. And it was hard to drink water because so much of it would get stagnant and gross, but the beer wouldn't. No, do you know why that was? the beer no why they didn't realize that boiling the water like they had to to make beer you gotta they had to boil water or whatever and that's what it was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but they only like they was like oh if we don't drink if we drink beer we don't get sick right. yeah but they like I, cause, uh, what did I watch it was on history channel uh, how beer saved the world yeah and yeah. uh yeah and uh and so they do this whole rundown of how fucking beer Helped people stay healthier and blah blah blah. Ended up, and it's like I oh, they could have boiled the water. <laughs> then they went to commercial. I was I was dying fucking laughing because it was just like yeah, they could have boiled the water. Yeah, yeah. Then that's the great that's the great thing about this process of humanity because that whole time they could have been boiling the water, but it's like boil water don't make you drunk. What if we? What if we? get healthy but also get drunk because that's that's the fucking most of the reason i want a time machine because i want to see how publicly drunk a bunch of people were twice i mean like if you start in the breakfast it's uh it's hard not to be 24 7 just that's all you're drinking you get thirsty yep i believe mad me and 100 percent that in the 1960s fucking rich executives were just getting smashed all fucking day because I'm just talking to people with money to fucking get them to give me their money to take my product, but we got to relax. Right. And that's in the 60s. So what were they doing in the 1700s when they were making deals? Oh, do we have libations fucking to commemorate our... Oh, yes, we do. And it is not processed very well, so we about to get fucked up. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, comedy is kind of a backwards thing because that's technically a job if you're doing it right. And uh, you're always nine times out of ten in a place that serves alcohol. And like tonight, like that's that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard that get unlimited bar tab, you know? Well, you got a host. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I'm going to do this work and my payment for this work, I you know, like the bar closes. I can't stay after two and continue to take my payment. Mm-hmm. So I have to be, you know you're trying to make the most money possible i gotta literally buy the most drinks possible and get smashed to to get the that's that's insane to me and that's a way more common deal than like open mic hosts generally from my experience of the people who will tell me about it or sometimes i'll ask the place you know and i'm not you know i'm not like i hate doing shows i'm not trying to uh, poach a place from under anyone but i like to hang out with the bartenders because they're basically my co-workers too because there's so many bars and bartenders you work see the same so bartenders fucking see the same fucking person over and over at all these shows so i try and be really nice to them because that's like 
that's you know, that's not eating where you should or whatever but it's like more proactive version of like where you you know you're gonna this is where you're gonna sleep not only you're gonna not shit here but you're gonna make yourself a little bed you're gonna get a roof over it and you know these are your neighbors and so you you know maybe you're not going to be the best friends with them but you're certainly not going to want to go to war with them and so if you bring them a fucking cake when you come over it's good so I'll talk to them i'll find with the numbers a hundred dollars getting paid a hundred dollars to host an open mic is a lot mm-hmm. but that's like a, but not a lot a lot like that's like a, an okay deal of what's considered to go for an open mic a more common deal would be like 50 bucks but like still even more common than that, i feel is getting a 10 tab. bucks or nothing and a tab that's the golden ticket you can drink as much as you want to and it seems like places love finding a host like a Amit Jane mm-hmm. who's gonna go there and not demand anything from them and not well, he got a real job this right. is literally him not murdering his family <laughs> like let's oh are you gonna pay me in the thing I was gonna buy anyway Right. And so for some people, I get how that works out. But just, oh, man, it's someone who doesn't want to be drinking in those. Even if I was someone who got blackout drunk when I'm partying with my friends, it's different because any stupid open mic is actually my fucking place of work. Because mm-hmm. if I get even if I start getting the best paid spots in the world, I still have to see Jeff Horst at the same place as I do. The only reason it has been recently is because he's been in L.A. Then he comes back to Michigan. And even though he's got this months to line up his Michigan spots and gets good Michigan spots, he'll still have an off day where there was no good show and he'll go to a bowling alley in Troy, Michigan to run his material. And so even no matter how good you get, it's a potential spot where you can be doing your work. Like one of those fucking open offices, every horrible open mic. And there's some of them where it's not worth doing it, but even really garbagey mics have got their purpose if you're a comedian because stage time is so fucking valuable. The, the, People here don't realize how great it is. Like, I so casually get 10 minute sets in Michigan, and it just almost never happened just at a regular open mic in Virginia. Fuck no. Fucking Polly Peppertone just, oh, here's 10. I did 13 minutes Monday with no intentions of doing fucking 13 minutes. At New Way, Polly likes to um, give people more time. Mm hmm. And the way Polly's explained it to me is it's really exciting to see someone who thinks they only have five minutes stretch out and do like 20 minutes. And he's like, they had no clue. And he said, they had no clue that they had 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I could see why maybe he would think that, oh, New Way's a tough place. Even on the good nights, it's not an easy laugh crowd ever. Even if they're all paying attention, they're a little stingy with the laughs in a crowded room. And if you put every single button, every single seat you can in the showroom area, and they're all looking forward, just by the fact that it's in a bar, the lighting's crappy, they won't be as giving as less people at the Ann Arbor Showcase when it's a comedy-specific environment. So you'll see them do well in a hard place, and then 20 minutes later they get off the stage and people are like happy and they're like, good job. That does not mean they have 20 minutes of material. He doesn't watch them the whole time and just periodically if he hears a laugh they're still getting laughs this long into it which granted will filter out a lot of people a lot of people will go and they think that it'll be the opposite they think they've got 25 minutes they go past the five minute they notice they haven't gotten the light and they're like time to go through some of all these other jokes i haven't got a chance to bust out on yet oh i'm so excited to try oh here's another one that didn't work here's another one that didn't work here's another one that didn't work 
oh my god, they hate me now. And they don't save any good jokes for the end, so they don't even get the laugh at the end. And they're like, yeah, you know, I was up there for 20 minutes as well because I had, oh, I forgot there was one good joke from when I first started. I told that and I got a laugh at the end. They were happy when I left. But they did not tell 20 minutes of fucking material up there. Guaranteed. Even people who are good. They, if they didn't plan to do a 20-minute set, they will not do 25-minute type five. They won't do four type fives. Nope. No, they won't. That's uh, so great listening to fucking open mic comics. So I've been doing open mic comedy for so long. And somebody who's been doing it for eight months when complaining about how they don't get booked. And it's just like, what about the fact that you're not that good? You just you just aren't. But my heart goes out to them because I remember when when I was starting, it was. And that was you. <laughs> and that was me. But when we were starting, things were different. Things have gotten better in the Metro Detroit comedy community in such a crazy way from the time that I started till now, but especially the last two years. So it's like for the first three years, a lot of things were getting better. And I was like, this is so cool. Because when I started, I mean, basically when I started, if I didn't start doing Black Rooms too, uh-huh. I'd have quit. Mm-hmm. It would have been pointless. Because I didn't know where to go. Yeah, I didn't know about the future and... The places that I did know to go were Dale's and New Dodge and New Way. I miss Dale's. Dale's, New Dodge, and New Way. It's like, I definitely still wish there was a Dale's, but if those were the only three places, and even though I'd be having fun times at Dale's, you I would just know wanna, yeah. this is not enough to develop an act. And even if I do develop an act, it'll be like a weird open mic act where I can go to any comedy open mic and do decently well and people are like that's amazing you're so good but then when i go to the ann arbor showcase i'll do a whole five minute set to crickets the whole time it's so like we don't want to hear about baby rape did you start before or after joey's i started near the end of joey's okay. so like i didn't um and like with the sign up thing ahead i'd already tried ridley's and showcase so i knew that the sign up ahead meant you weren't going to get on yeah later I realized that if you call Joey's, you're probably fucking getting on. And they're like, all right, cool. Someone called for the open mic. Uh, but I did their very last open mic. They'd been, they'd been, you know, there was a bazillion open mics that I could have done. But since I gotten, you know, not Rejected put on the showcase, from- <laughs> yeah. I was just like, yeah, you know, this, everyone says this is the, the shittiest club by far of these three. It's not even in the same league as these three. You know, I do want to go there because a comedy club, that's a better chance than any new way, new dot. And I did have fun. Uh, but if you have no opportunities to go up in front of people and then you go up in front of people, you go to the showcase, you go to Ridley's. And, but for me, it was those places were hard to get on. You go to, they say, I bombed in there. God, what a great fucking place to do comedy or any of their stupid other arts that I don't give a fuck about aside from peace where it's like, Oh, I can see why she won all those meadows. I, I hate poetry. But her poetry was actually like, oh, I get what you're saying. And I get how this was a smarter fucking way to say it. than I don't know because I'm avoiding poetry because I don't like it. I just make a song, please. I generally don't like it. But, you know, like, I mean, I I haven't heard her do a poem. So, I yeah. Yeah. She's literally. I I wouldn't know. She's highly decorated. She's like she literally couldn't wear all her stupid poetry medals or she'd look like Mr. T. And, and when I when I first heard that, I wasn't impressed either because I'm like, oh, you you know, you're like, if you're the best at making poop animals out of your own poop, who gives a fuck? That's you know, that's the thing that I'm not interested in the best result of. But I didn't know how high the bar could be, mm-hmm. and because just like anything, most of it is 
garbage. And so, but then I heard something at the highest thing. I'm like, oh, that's actually good. And even though I still don't like it that much, I'm so impressed by how good it is. I love hearing her do it. But yeah, it was a great situation. But it, and so I'm going. And the first time I've been to the say it was probably, it might as well have been the first time I ever did comedy. You know, I'm slugging it out on these open mics that started like the first couple times, even the open mics, I did good with garbagey jokes because they could tell I'm excited to tell jokes. I'm like, what? Yeah. You're excited to tell jokes. You're not to overthinking us? it. It's, yeah. Oh, my first fucking two sets were masterpieces. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I wasn't crushing by any means. No, my not jokes are even garbage, remotely. And I didn't have any skill at all, but the excitement was there. I was excited to be telling these jokes. I couldn't wait to see what would happen when I told them. And I was. I didn't get that feeling again until I went to They Say. And I go to They Say, and I think the first joke that I told um, didn't land, right? And there weren't good jokes, you know, but it was like, but everyone, the first time you go to They Say too, they always give you a big live three-piece band, plays for an extra longer time. J-Bell, one of the best hosts I've ever seen host, just in terms of getting the crowd energy J-Bell right. J-Bell gets the crowd into it, boy. Yeah, I mean, if, even yes, if it wasn't he does. comedy and he's, or whatever. He's so nice after a bomb, too. Oh, yeah. Like, he he's just, like, oh, my. He's yeah, they, so nice after a bomb. They didn't see that TV show that you joked about so much. If they saw that show, because I saw that show, and it was great. Good stuff, yeah, man. Just what a, Maybe next what time, a fucking sweetheart you know. after you eat all the dicks on stage. Oh, yeah. And like, he just goes up in front of the crowd, and it's just like, you guys keep encouraging him. How dare you feel? <laughs> How dare you not? keep encouraging him yeah but so i'd only been doing it a little bit maybe a month or two but then i go to they say and like the first joke totally doesn't land and the way it's lit you can see everyone's face you can see if someone's sweating in the back row of that little area that's up front and it gets way more crowded than that but like you can even when it's packed in there and behind the bar you'll only see the people in the front row so you can see every single one of those i mean like maybe only the front row can you see if they had a nose hair or something but like you can see a lot of facial expression. You can see definitely everyone's body language. They're very well lit. They're just as well lit as the stage. And I saw everyone at once cross their arms and lean in. Like that was bad. So you better do very well on this next one. There better not be any mistakes. And even if you have the most basic dick jokes like ha ha farting, if people aren't on the setup, if you don't set them down a train track, when you go for the turn, they don't realize it's a different thing because they're all thinking about their phones or whatever. If they weren't paying attention to what you said for the first part, the second part mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. fucking make sense. The only one-liner that's a real one-liner is take my wife, please. Mm-hmm. But still, you have to basically hear take my wife and assume that he's saying as an example. Take my for wife. For instance, take my wife. Yep. And then when he says, please, that's technically, so even that's a two-liner joke. So if they don't hear take my wife and believe the right thing about what he said, because if you're like, take my wife, please. There are zero jokes to where somebody goes up and just says the punchline. Yeah, exactly. They just don't exist. But my jokes, and this is way more true when I started, but even to this day, my best jokes, I'm the person who wrote them, and I'm like, I have a hard time following exactly what it is I'm saying, what's the point, yada, yada. Is it clear how I feel about this? Is it clear what's happening? Not all the time, but like if I get them on the right page, nine times out of 10, if they actually, the jokes that have worked before, it's because if people know all the things I expect them to know in the setup, it's enough of a turn where it will at least, it might not be a good laugh, but it'll get some type of laugh. So the first joke, you know, I probably started in too soon because I said something, I tried to be off the cuff, right? 
because especially like um a lot of black comics don't do white rooms right so there are some people there who are absolute killers who i had not seen before and what am i noticing about these people who are sticking to you know they're in this room and i'm not normally in this room they're not normally in the rooms i am but like boy are they having great sets when they're doing crowd work j-bell right great host one of the the things that he's so good at too while hosting is working crowd work into his regular bits yep. he'll have a bit about his kids he'll be like who has kids right and people shout out and they'll say some stupid thing like no have they ever done anything that made you mad mm-hmm. and then they'll tell the story i'm like oh and then they'll tie it back into his thing where they think it was just because he was talking about the kids but he knows where it's going the whole time and too i was young enough comic i didn't know that those were all pre-made jokes that he told i see him go ask crowd people based on what they say do there you know something drops they make a comment on it and i know too from white rooms people love this shit right when you do break the fourth wall, talk about what's happening, you're all on the same page. So yep. I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about, you know, this is weird for me with the band because normally the open mic people are like, oh, I'm trying to watch the game. And they're looking at me like, you're at an open mic. We're all paying attention. And now <laughs> we're really paying attention, you motherfucker. You know, uh, complain about shit. And I told my, my first joke and, you know, they didn't, they didn't like the first actual joke either, but... You know, I could see them getting madder, but no one was turning away. They were just increasing the amount of scrutiny on me. And the next joke wasn't that good either, but they were paying attention so hard. They knew exactly what I was talking about in the punchline. And so at the end, I'm like, cigarettes. You know, they were like, and all started laughing at once. Not a lot, but just the fact that it was all perfectly, they all got it in perfect unison. That many people, even a chuckle that comes all at once was like, whoa. And so from that point on, the rest of the set, I'm like, this is how comedy's supposed to be. You know, this isn't even my audience because I, I, the, the, the set was going really well after that and I was crushing super hard, I was doing so well. Let's tell my best joke for them, you know? Like, people are people, my best joke should work here. So, you know the worst thing about Juggalos when they listen to the Insane Clown Posse and I see everyone's face for the first time turn like 90 degrees and they're like, what's an Insane Clown What's an insane? Hey, do you know what an insane? Cl- like everyone was like meeting. Like <laughs> we got to figure out. Like with like we didn't like this what guy is first. This reference, but we do like him. This is clearly a joke he's excited to tell, and we like him when he's excited to tell jokes. We don't want him to half-ass this. But before we let him finish, can we figure out what an insane clown posse is? Is that those clowns that hide in the woods? Yeah, I heard it. You know, I'm like, no. Oh god. Oh god. I'm so sorry. And I told the joke, and a couple people. Um, Because it's a very bougie crowd. And if you have enough white friends, you know about the damn insane clown posse. And so I think some of those turns to the side were more for like shows. They're like, oh, there's a lot of other black people here. We probably don't want to let on about how much we know about the insane clown posse. and About how we're coming back to the city from fucking Ann Arbor. And we spent more time. Uh, Yeah. You know, they don't want to be seen as too nerdy when there's art you know there's there's already probably a lot of stigma that they've got to deal with but that you know so the three people in back laughed at it because if you know about the insane clown posse just bringing them up is almost funny what a joke you know but uh yeah it was because i was doing so well because normally people don't listen and then there were probably some jokes that i did a horrible job and they didn't even get it but they saw oh we saw his face change that's where the joke was ha 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 you know like I guess disc golf is funny, whatever the fuck that is. What? <laughs> <laughs> and so all these magical factors happen to have a great set minus the beginning and the end were hot garbage. Absolute hot garbage. Where I almost walked off in shame. They were so bad at the end. 
because it's insane clown posse after hearing great laughs going back to two people I'm like this is i get a better response at open mic with less than two people this is awful but that whole experience is amazing and then i go back to new dodge to tell the same jokes i'm like clearly these this jokes is that the i told they, 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 these people didn't even like me i made a bad impression but they still love these jokes and i go and i tell it i'm like crickets the same crickets as if i told the bad jokes that you know like like the first joke that didn't work got almost a better response than all the jokes that worked there what the fuck the problem isn't that i'm so bad like i thought for these first you know two and a half months or whatever where i'm doing the same three rooms the problem is open mics are so shitty right and they but like back when i started they almost universally were if someone came into dales it wasn't a good thing they were there to heckle they were upset that comedy was happening if I'm so- trying to smoke my cigarette. <laughs> yeah, because they had to go out. Oh, them Euchre smoke. guys just did not look like they enjoyed that comedy was happening so close to where they were playing Euchre. Did you make your um your uh, cigarette machine thing yet? Cause what, what cigarette machine? Can I bum a cigarette from you? I'm yeah, trying yeah. To, if I have my wallet, I was going to buy just a Just take a cigarette. All right, Fucking man. Christ. How many cigarettes have you bummed me? That's true, but oh, I just—you had the brilliant idea of the machine, and I would totally use the machine and not be like, "Oh, have a cigarette vending." Oh, I wonder how much those cost. I'm gonna Google it right now. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. How much is a cigarette vending machine? I'm not, but I smoke American Spirits. You know how much it costs to fill a cigarette vending machine with American Spirits? Yeah, well, in Ann Arbor they sell Lucy cigarettes for a dollar fifty, right? The place that's like buy the Diag. So these Diag rats are buy anyone who buys the Lucy. As, as most rules either trying to quit smoking or they're just too fucking broke to be smoking in the first place and haven't got you know like mm-hmm. so there's a couple people who are just trying to quit smoking it looks like they would pay the regular full price for I can get things. one for a thousand bucks uh, that's probably not gonna happen there's guns yeah. I wanna buy <laughs> yeah yeah I, just, I got too many guns on my list that are uh, I need to use that thousand dollars on why is it, I mean, what do you mean guns? Are you talking about revolver? No, actual guns. What? What? I feel like I, I should ask you, what are these cheap guns that $1,000 can get me more than one that's like a good gun? It's not more than one. Okay, okay. Yeah, but you said guns. If I, and I, if I like, get a gun that costs $700, I only have $300 left. No cigarette vending machine for me, no, so I only not. have $300. Yeah, no. Uh, fucking the guns I got over here cost a total of what's those fucking uh, $1,300. I got three guns and that was $1,300. Right. What, what are they? Um, what type of guns are they? Uh, one carbine, a pistol, and a shotgun. Yeah. No, so that makes sense then. So mm-hmm. those are good guns for that price. But yeah. like when I feel like semi-automatic pistols and uh, and most of the, the rifles are unbelievably expensive. It depends on what you're getting. You can get a Glock for five fifty, uh, five hundred if you fucking find the right. I'm going to a gun show in a couple weeks, and hopefully, I can find a gun I want for cheaper than what I f- see it for on the internet. But uh, fucking the gun I bought, the fucking carbine, the little rifle. Yeah. I've seen going for six hundred at places, and I got mine for four fifty. Right? No, like there's a couple things where it seems like you can get a good deal, but like in terms of like, I think the Glock 
costing 550 is a good deal, but still for me personally, I'm like, I might as well just piss on $550. Cause the only time I've ever shot a gun and probably ever will shoot a gun are on at some type of, tar- I would say at the range, but that's yeah, always been that's, the range, but there's some type of target. I'm trying to hit something. That's And that's what you use the gun for. for Cause that's what I did today. I took my gun to the range and I shot him. I had a great time. I s- learned how bad of a shot I am. If well, I shoot my pistol at somebody, and I point at the middle of their chest. I'm gonna hit him in the waist. <laughs> I like. I'm thinking. So. Well, so what type of pistol do you have? Let me ask you that. Uh, I just shoot. Okay. Because that's the thing with me, and like, and, and it's stupid, right? Because you know from shooting guns that when you're talking about accuracy with a pistol, you're talking about like a way shorter amount of distance than even the junkiest rifle, right? We're like. That's a Ruger EC9S. Uh, it is very compact. The yeah, no, I, recoil. I, please take your finger away from the trigger. Just put it up next to the side. Jesus Christ! Dude, this it's not loaded. Okay, but that's like, just for normal gun safety. Because what if? Because I'm drunk, I forget. You left one in the chamber yeah. or something. Okay, yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's just normal gun safety. I'm gonna turn the safety fucking on. Yeah. Yep. Push it up. You see yeah, the white dot? Yeah. Yep. I feel nice way better. Safe. Okay, because yeah. Like it said, won't fire with the magazine removed. But yeah, now you got the extra layer of safety. You won't, but yeah. finger off the trigger is the best safety. That's true, but that's the thing. Because like, Glocks have don't have external safeties. Yeah, no, and there's that's... The, the thing is, I spend such a limited time on my guns because every time I see even this one, I start doing math in my head of the, the cost of uh, getting the ammunition or buying the gun itself. And it's just so expensive. Like, I enjoy doing it. But so like, that was 300 the gun you're holding. Right. And that's why I was like, so because, like, I knew about these ones where I was like, because in my head, I didn't want to pay more. If I was going to get a pistol, there's no way I was going to spend more than, like, 400 bucks on it. Right? Because it's just. You can get a gun that will work just fine for four, a pistol for $400. That's plenty. Right. That's a $300 gun you're holding. But Seven just, shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, and this seems like something there, but uh, like to me, I was just always the price point on the difference between a semi-auto and a revolver is out of control. And it, also, it depends on the revolver. Right. There, yeah, and there's some that are, you know, but I feel like in terms of value straight to accuracy, it's going to be cheaper for them to make a revolver. It's going to be easier to fix a revolver when something goes wrong with it. And that... Well, I think a revolver has less moving parts, so that yeah. just, yeah. Yeah, and like, two, I always like when um, guns can shoot different types of ammo. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, I like to, um, when I'm out there, I'm only going to be shooting at a target. I like to every once in a while hit the fucking thing I'm shooting at, right? And so if, I want, if I'm using any type of, like, even, something like that is like really good. But what, what, what type of rounds that use, right? Nine millimeters. So like, even though it's really compact and small and it's not gonna be like that much of it, it's a nine millimeter bullet. There's gonna be enough recoil and enough things where it's like, oh man, my accuracy isn't gonna be, if I'm shooting a 22 revolver, it doesn't matter how good your gun is. My accuracy is probably gonna be pretty good. Yours is gonna be pretty bad if you're using anything that has a satisfying feel. They say the smaller guns actually have more kick because they don't have the counterweight. Fucking like this, I shot it for the first time today and this shit was kicking harder than when I'm holding my fucking rifle. But I was also limp wristing the shit because I'm not used to, I've owned guns for a month because I've been afraid to own them because 
I thought I would eventually make out with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's yeah. a big thing for me too. I'm like, that's a lot of money to have something that, that I'm just gonna use to kill myself. <laughs> and it's not gonna be over something serious. No, nope. there's so many other. I've considered killing myself for a bunch of different reasons, so many. from serious to unserious. And it's just like really, but gonna... all of them I never do it because in the time it takes to actually get about doing it, I'm like, wait a minute, no, this is stupid. But with a gun, if you have it, I mean, even if you got the safe in there, how long does it take you to turn two keys? Oh, and, put, and I know I made you, the code. Right, and you keep the you keep your actual rounds out of the out of the magazine. They're never in the magazine. Oh, the, so, my rounds are absolutely in the magazine because what if I need to use it? No, no, no. But I'm talking about a hypothetical person, right? My hypothetical self, knowing how stupid I could be when it comes to self destructive shit, right? Yep. And I go, okay, well, even though. You know, no one's going to be mad if my every magazine I have is always filled. I'm not going to ever have a round in any of these magazines until I go and decide, okay, I'm going to go do this with this actual good purpose for this gun or go to the range. I'm going to use shoot this many while I'm at the range so that I have to have that extra delay where even though I get the safe and I get the magazine, the, the two safes, then I have to take the time, put the bullets into the thing that still doesn't take very long. I mean, it, yes, it does. You think it, you well, if you needed an emergency, you don't want to be low the magazine. No, absolutely. If someone was trying to get me. Yeah. yeah. Then I'd be like, this is taking way too long. But in terms of like, if I'm giving myself enough time to get out of a stupid idea mode, the amount of time that it takes to. Fill ah, clip, yeah. Yeah. It's not that long. Yep. Versus when it's like going to secure the amount of crazy amount of pills you would have to take or being like. Okay, like, what's the best thing to do this? If I kill myself, I'm going to feel so stupid if I do it with pills. Just out of all the pussy, uh, one, the person I was closest to killed himself did it with pills while I'm saying this. What a pussy way as a for a man for you to fucking kill yourself. <laughs> well, my head, I think someone who kills themselves with pills is also braver, too, because you have to actually die on the pills. And usually you pick the pill that is the best way to die. But... If in theory, if you do it right with the gun, you don't die. Your brain's just got too much hole in it to be. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, my worst fear is about doing it with the gun. I've seen the pictures of the people who tried to kill themselves with a gun and fucked it up. I said, you stupid asshole. How you? How do you? So so much of a fuck up. You tried to kill yourself and failed, and just blew your fucking face off. Well, that's because people try and kill themselves i think with rifles well they what they where they fuck up is they try and kill it by putting it under their chin instead of eating it right right but i mean i think i've seen people that tried to eat a rifle and they're like using their toe and something goes a little bit off and they just shoot their cheek out or you know like uh, yeah that can also happen yeah and that's that's no way to to, yeah. that, that you know if you wanted to kill yourself things you probably didn't get a enjoy shotgun. what's going on but now you're living the same shitty life except for with a hole out of the side of your mouth and you're missing most of your teeth it's gonna hurt like hell that's why I think you know but if you have a pistol and you're like okay where's my temple and you just put it right to your temple and it's point blank do it I, with a shotgun like if I was gonna shoot myself it would absolutely be with the shotgun let's make sure it happens I think I would probably do like a 45 caliber pistol. Absolutely a shotgun. I don't, because I've seen the people in the face messing up. I don't want to have so, a sawed off, maybe, but I don't want to have to be in a weird position while I'm setting up. Or you, have you been practicing getting your toe, toe trigger finger action? So that, or is it just like, is it really short? Is it sh a shotgun shorter than I remember and my arms are longer than I give them credit for? 
because yeah so it's like i guess if you have like that length of barrel then you could in theory be able to um that's the mossberg shockwave that's the very first gun i bought because i was watching gun videos on youtube and it was like this is an illegal gray area and i was like hmm i want that before it's illegal <laughs> right now i own it they sold me the terminator shotgun yeah no i feel like something like this is good for like definitely when you're talking about oh i want to uh make sure you know and you're like oh you, yeah. it's my a laser? long time heck yeah but it's a long time when someone's uh trying to bust in your house and you're like the the magazine's empty that was very safe for me then but it sure feels unsafe now as i'm sitting here like dropping every single bullet that i try and slide in there like in terms of if i was worried about someone coming into my house like that does seem like a pretty good like oh this is oh this is absolutely my home defense shotgun inside the home yep. type of deal because like in my head when i think of shotguns i think of guys who are out like hunting birds and shit where it's a way fucking longer barrel and even if it's even if you're doing your best to deep throat the shit out of the barrel the barrel's a pretty good size you can't get it that far and you're pretty much left to you know just beyond where your fingers are and you're trying to some rope and pulley system where that like you're saying and you're saying oh you're going to want to eat it yeah you, you'll be able to eat it enough where you can actually use your finger on the trigger because but now even if you put a shotgun under your chin i feel like it's gonna fucking event it's gonna hit something vital well yeah yeah there, there's a better chance of that but still if uh, there's a guy who who did the shotgun under the chin and they just call him no face yeah that i guess that yeah he's got like little nose holes no more nose anymore and there's maybe a tooth or two in that mangled mess that that's that's his face now but like i and like not good god don't fucking kill yourself but if you attempt to do it please don't please kill yourself instead of a you know having a failed attempt I, <laughs> please i feel bad for people who kill themselves yeah that's stupid whatever and I do. It's, I don't it's feel horrible. bad for people who kill but, themselves. Uh, I mean, I feel it's bad. You incredibly feel bad selfish. For their, wa their wasted potential. It's then. incredibly still worried selfish. About the potential, and so you're feeling bad about a future them, you know, versus what they did. But I'll always feel way better or way worse for someone who tried to kill themselves. I definitely don't feel bad for them. That's the most hilarious. You stupid fuck. <laughs> you you stupid fucking asshole. Yep. But yeah, I got two more guns I absolutely want to buy on my list. And then if I make enough money one day, I'm going to get a 50 caliber fucking rifle because they are for sale. And yeah, I mean, why I, not own one? If I, I want to have one of those for sure. But yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just horribly inaccurate with handguns. Right? Oh, terrible. I and so but I just started fucking shooting. I'm awful at it. I've definitely in terms of uh revolvers shot a couple really crappy 22 revolvers that i was infinitely more accurate with compared to really expensive 45s like all oh, this really shiny cool looking smith and wesson does look cool and i feel like such a badass every time the round leaves the chamber but i don't feel like a badass when the target wheels towards me and i'm like oh man. <laughs> 
Are you sure you don't have a closer setting I could use? Like, don't you see the gun that I'm using? Don't you see all these other types of guns that are way more accurate and that are like, I could maybe hit something with that I've purposely chosen. Do you know how much more money I spent on this bullet to shoot it? Do you think it's, and it couldn't be for the accuracy. I didn't spend that money for the accuracy. I'm here to make a boom sound come out of my hand. And if you would just move that target closer to me, it'd be fun to actually shoot this guy in the head instead of sending things over his shoulders like I'm trying to like, you know, tack it up on a wall and only hit the edges of this picture and not get in the way of the picture with my bullet holes. Like, good God. Yeah. But shooting a 45 caliber pistol feels fucking awesome. Holy shit. I haven't done it yet. I own one, but that's only because I want it fucking guns to keep in my parents house just in case what if i'm over my parents house and the shit goes down right and then i need to get to my useful guns right and they were super cheap so yeah i currently have eighteen hundred dollars invested in guns yeah i mean like and to me that's like so you got that and that and a carbine like that to me seems like a thirteen hundred dollars well spent but it's easy to spend that much money on a rifle. Mm-hmm. You can, yeah, you can get a perfectly, perfectly, perfectly well-functioning AR-15 for that much. Right. Or I can get three guns. Right, right. Because it's not like I'm going to ever be a gun expert. I'm never going to be putting that much fucking attention into the guns. I think it's cool, and I have a very fucking renewed interest in constitutional rights. Yeah. And more and more, I'm like, uh, it's the reason they put that number two. Well, that's why I think, like, um, even though I was like, oh, gay people got more ahead of it, like, they're still not regular people. Well, it's because it's just it's just different. <laughs> they're they're still like slightly less than people to even the people. Well, because are, it's, there's just not that many of them. Because for the most part, a human man is gonna want to fuck a human female, and a human female is gonna want to fuck a human man. That's nine just, times out of ten, that's right? just how it works. It's more than that. 95 times out of 100. That's still not that many more than nine times out of, but still, you know, it's, like it's, it's, uh, it's when enough you, to make the when numbers. You, when you expand it to a billion people, it is. Right. I mean, yeah, that's a lot of people. That, yeah. that, when it's, well, yeah, when it's 90, less, when it's yeah. 95 compared to 90, it's not that much. But when it's fucking 900 million compared to 9.5 fucking, or 900 and fucking 50 million. That's 50 million more people. Right. But, like, definitely the numbers, you know, even more so, as you're saying, that it's, you know, less there, are not on their side. Muslims, black people, anyone who is viewed by someone who's got authority as not always being the same as them, I think that that's exactly what the Second Amendment was made for. Yeah. Because they knew that, like, yeah, some people, even though, like, they, they'll have rights, someone might think that they... You know they, that that them having rights ain't good, and they're going to come to their house and do something. In America's it. racist and past, the people who survived a lynch mob coming after them, uh, odds were increased significantly if they had a gun. <laughs> it's just, and of course they were, because if you coming after me to lynch me, and I pull out a revolver and start shooting, people gonna duck, and I'll probably get a couple seconds to run. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So of course it works that way. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like gay people, black people, anyone who might have anyone coming after them, or even in the past, even if I don't believe this shit at all, that racism is a thing of the past, but let's say it was. Let's well, no, say racism no one... is always going to exist, but it's just 
how much of an effect does it have on everyone's day to day life? I just feel like there will never be. Well, let me not say that because maybe it will happen, but I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that I'm never gonna walk into a Chick Fil A and I'm gonna be like, look at the sign. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, no, no. It's like, um, you know, like the people like me who think it's more of a serious problem than we give it credit for still don't say that anyone's doing the drinking fountain thing or any shit like that but even if it progresses to where like you're saying it's definitely less or it's in a different way for sure Mm -hmm. it becomes so different that you can hardly tell at some point right like even at that point it's still because it happened in the like jews are doing great now aren't they jews for the most part, I've always been doing great. It's just eventually Jews get to a point where people are sick of you fucking assholes. We we doing it right now because I've heard so many Jews call things anti-Semitic. And it's just like this is how this is how this is how you make a Hitler. Because you are now you just milking it. Right. Uh, you know who Steve Hofstetter is? Yeah. Yeah, did you see the video where uh he was talking about uh he was talking about Charlottesville and they were saying Jews will not replace us. And he was like, whatever job, bullshit job he says, like nobody wants, Jews don't want to work at Walgreens. Right. And he was like, what jobs do Jews do? And somebody in the crowd was like, television. And he was like, oh, you're, uh, you're just gonna say anti-Semitic things? Uh, and was, are you really gonna say and pretend as, as, as if we look at Jewish people as a percentage of the population, and then Jewish people as a percentage of people who work in television and act like they aren't completely overrepresented. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's like that, that those type of things, that's the type of things that keep happening to Jewish people because they've been run out of every country they've been in. But the thing about Jewish people is they develop skills culturally that travel. Yeah. And like they're, they're doing really well, but like also they were doing well historically and shit still went down. Mm-hmm. So no matter how well they're doing now, shit it can makes go sense down. for Jews to be armed to the teeth. And that's why we have a Second Amendment, because shit can always go down. Right. Absolutely. And so it's like that makes sense to me. But, you know, usually the people who are pro Second Amendment are people who wouldn't need it. And stuff's going down. They're on the winning team. And- or you don't know when you're going to be on the winning team because the winning team can change. Oh, it yeah. has changed. Genghis Khan beat the humanity game. He was Asian. Right, right. And the whole... Of course, I can't prove it because I don't have a time machine. I'm not a scientist. Uh, black people peak too early. So, the reason everybody else is everywhere else is because we were fucking physically stronger. We faster. So, we ran everybody else out of the place that was easiest to live fucking... Just as a human walking around, then everybody else had to go deal with winter and shit and figure out fucking strategies for extended survival. So, yeah, there was a time where black people were the dominant ones. And I know that because scientists have told me this is where life started. So why did life go everywhere else? Why would you leave this or life? Because the stronger, faster people are running you out of there. Yeah. And you're competing for resources yep. like I can't compete. But maybe I'll go over here and I'll just find my own where I'm not mm-hmm. having this. And then you develop different skills because preparing for winter makes you incredibly fucking resourceful and being resort oh now i go back to the place where it's super easy to find but i got all these other skills that i've developed right yeah but yeah the so tables can churn and so definitely i think it's good 
that people get guns who you know who need them and then like poor people especially but that's why every time i see a gun i just see a fucking price tag right you know and that's why i was like oh i really like that german shit because a lot of times you can get a good gun for a relatively small price tag that won't like jam up and that's, that's another thing too because i suck at shooting pistols I'll let the recoil jack it up so bad, it'll start jamming way more than it's supposed to. Get a carbine. So there's this company. Uh, they are universally considered the family dollar of guns. It's just the shittiest version of guns. But most of the review videos I've seen, they work. And they call it, so you can get a high point nine millimeter pistol for a couple hundred bucks. It's the cheapest fucking pistol you're gonna get, not used, just brand new fucking pistol. But it'll work for what you need it for. Or if you get their fucking carbine for 300 and this just for you and your house, if for whatever reason fucking people are breaking your door down and you want to put a couple shots through it. I mean, the thing for me is I'm definitely never going to own probably a gun for home self-defense, or at least the way that things are now. I, I do. Because, yeah, I just... <laughs> Like, you know, like the whole thing of keeping it safe and most of the gun injuries are self-inflicted. I'm like, well, I'm not going down my own gun. So, like I'm saying, I'm going to be keeping everything separate. Yeah. And so if someone runs into my house, I'm not going to have time. Ain't that horse shit that they talk about the fucking gun deaths, but they also include the suicides? It's like, that's not. <laughs> but for me, I'm like, that is super relevant. It's, 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 it's relevant, but not the way they selling it. Like, oh, we need to, we need gun control because it's this many gun deaths. Like. Those are those are pussies killing themselves. Right. More than half. But for me, the quicker I can kill myself, the more you know. Yep. Like if 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 I do gun safety, or whatever, that might be enough to keep me from killing myself, right? And if I don't, even though I wasn't worried about what time we got. Oh, uh, it's time for us to get out of here. It's fucking nine twenty. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's crass and heartless. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Thanks for coming out, John I'm Campbell. That Thanks for is having me, Kevin Smith. As crass and heartless.